Morning, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday morning, and we are looking at Psalm 44 this morning. And I would like to do it a little bit differently. It's quite a long psalm, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I'd like to look at the shape of the psalm, because as I was reading it, I really felt like God began to show me one or two things that it just, I was like, wow, that's really helpful for me um, in being able to deal with life and deal with my relationship with God and to grow and be discipled and grow, you know, grow in my relationship with him, but also know how to interface with the world. And so this psalm kind of breaks up into four bits. Verse 1 to 3 talks about, the writer of the psalm is talking about the past and saying that God did this for us in the past. And I know this because you told our fathers and our fathers told us about these things. This is what God has done for us as a people in the past. This has been the faithfulness of God throughout history. And we know this because our fathers told us. Then verse 4 to 8 says, because of all of that, what we've heard, God is this to us today. So it's not just legacy. I've heard about what God did in the past. But God, you are this to us today. Um, you are faithful to us. And he lists all the things. This is who God is um, involved 24-7 right now in our lives. But then verse 9 to 22, and this is the longest part of the psalm. The, the psalmist writes about how things have gone pear-shaped in the world. So remember, nine, uh, the, that first little bit, the 4 to 8, is talking about who God is to us in the moment. But verse 9 to 22 talks about, God, why have you done this to us? Because things are not going amazingly well. And it's amazing that the psalmist can define the difference between God is like this, but it doesn't necessarily mean like we're experiencing that right now on the ground. What we're experiencing right now on the ground is horrible. He says stuff like this. You have rejected us, verse 9, and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoiled. You've made us like sheep for slaughter and scattered us among the nations. And so the guy's just like, God, it's bad out here. It's, it's really, really bad. And then the fourth part, verse 23 to 26, is the psalmist turns around and he says, God, because of all three of these things, I'm coming to you and saying, God, won't you do this for us now? I'm coming to you as the only one who can help me. And so the overview of this is really important because unless all four of these parts are in place, it's kind of like a, a guide to prayer or a guide to how I petition God or speak to God. Because if any one of these points is missing, right? I think we don't pray with authority or we, we quit praying or we quit calling out to God or we don't call out to God at all. This is speaking to us when things aren't going well, when all these things are in place, we're able to step up out of those situations and how we cry out to God. So let me explain quickly. The first part where it talks about God, this is what you've done in our past. It talks about the importance of testimony. Now, we, you've probably heard this text, Revelation 12, 11, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even to death. And so one of the things about love, about overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony is that there has to be submission within my testimony, right? It's, it's not good enough just to say, oh, my testimony I overcome with if I'm not laying down my life. It says um, they overcame by the word of their testimony because they loved their lives not even to death. And so I don't love my life. I love Jesus and I'm prepared to pour my life out for Jesus. And because of that, I overcome because of the testimony of Jesus in my life. It builds one on the next. And so it's incredibly important for me as I do lay my life down for God. And as I do step out for him and as I and friends, I know that we all make mistakes. I'm talking about the overview of my life. I'm talking about the direction of my heart. I'm not talking about the perfection in every moment. It's just sunflower facing the sun. There's big 
point, right? There's the question. Is my heart faced towards Jesus? Lord, I want to do what I can to please you. And as I'm in that space, right, there's stories and there are things that God has done over my past and over my history that I need to remember. And this guy takes some time to remember this stuff. He says, oh God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days. In the days of old, with your own hand, you drove out the nations. But you planted our people. You afflicted the peoples, but you set our people free. For not by their sword did they win the land, nor by their own hand or by their own arm save themselves. And so it's so important if we don't have an aspect of our history. And that's why I think it's really helpful as well to have people around us who are more mature in the faith that we can go to. If you're struggling and you're hitting up against a wall and it's you just feel like there's not breakthrough and you maybe feel a little bit like the psalmist, to be able to find someone who's been walking longer in the faith than you and be... Begin to speak to me about the goodness of God. What do I do here? What has God done for you in the past? And they begin to speak about the testimonies of what God has done. I don't think we always realize sometimes my testimony can bless someone else. But I'm sitting on it thinking, oh, God did it for me. But my testimony is always to do what? To help you overcome and help you overcome. That we begin to speak these testimonies out. And we don't always realize the power that there is there. Because that's where it starts. God has been faithful. That's the first step. And so that our testimonies, as we share with one another and speak about these things, it begins to build strength. Not only what God has done for me, but what God has done with others. So testimony is the first thing. Then the second thing, he talks about, well, God, not just then, but now. This is who you are to us. And friends, this is incredibly important because if I don't know who God is to me, and if you look at what he says here, he says stuff like, You are my king, O God. Ordain salvation for Jacob. You have saved us from our foe. In God, we boasted continually. And so he's talking about, God, in this moment, you are king. You are the one who is above all. We boast in you. You are you the one who leads us. We submit to you. You are our everything. And it's no good just writing on the testimonies of the past. There has to be a present reality of God, you are this to us. And I think it's really important that God, right now, you are my king. And this is who you are. Not who you are based on my circumstance. We'll get to the circumstance in a moment, but I need to have a faith and I, that, that is not contingent on my circumstance. This is who God is. And it's not dependent on the way things are around me. It's not dependent on my emotions. It's not dependent on what someone else you know, has said or hasn't said or how others feel or don't feel or how I'm being oppressed. This stuff is true. And I really like that because these guys were under the pump and some stuff was going on, but yet they were still able to say, God, this is who you are. That, I think that's something that we really need to build. We have to ask ourselves a question. Who do you really believe God is? We've got to settle that thing. Who is God to us? And it be, Because then from there, when I look at my circumstance, I can be honest about it. And I love this. So they're saying, well, God, if you are this, then how come all this stuff is happening? How can all this bad stuff be happening? And I love the fact that he's so honest about it. Friends, I bumped into too many Christians who like, you can check. Things are going pear-shaped in their life. It's not going well. How are you doing? I'm great. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. Hallelujah. Like, that's not say rubbish, man. That's religion. That's faking it. That's pretending. Even Jesus, when he spoke to the Pharisees, he says, you're like whitewashed tombs. You fake it on the outside, but inside you, your heart's full of dead men's bones. You know, and for ourselves, I think sometimes we can be like that. We can be trying to fake it on the outside like everything's fine. But on the inside, we've got our own bones in there and our own skeletons, and our own stuff that we're struggling with. And so I'm not saying running around dumping our problems on everyone and, and, and becoming a, a moaning mini about everything in our lives. You, you get the qualifier. But what I am saying is when we cry to God here, this is not talking to people. When I cry to God, I'm like, but Lord, if all this stuff that your word says is true, then why on earth is this happening to me? 
Lord, this is the stuff that's going on. And I begin to speak to him before I speak to my friends, before I speak to my Christian friends, before I speak to my psychologist, before I speak to whoever the people that I've got around me to speak to. But I take it to God first and I begin to speak to him about it. Not being religious, being honest with him. And then the last thing. Once the psalmist has gone through, God, God has been like this over history. This is who he is. I believe he's like this. This is my situation right now. When you add those three things up, all you can do is turn to God and say, Oh God, we need you. I need you. And can I say this? That prayer is the most honest and powerful and profound form of worship. You might say, but John, we're loading God and you know he's busy. He's got lots of stuff to do. Does he even hear my voice? Friends, the fact that you would take... And I would take time out of my world, out of all the stuff that I'm doing and saying, the most important thing for me right now, I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm going to go to the source because I know the, there is only one who is the answer, who can truly help me. It's the most profound form of worship that there is. And I can go to God and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I, I need you to do what only you can do in my life because I don't have this all together right now. And when we do that, friends, God begins to answer. And so I think without trying to create a formula here today, maybe we can have a bit of a look at this. I'd like to leave us with some homework today if I can. And uh, maybe this is a bit different for you, but just to stretch us a little bit, just with regards to our testimonies. I ask you to do this. If you've listened to this devotional today, even if, oh, even if you haven't, but if you haven't heard it, how would you know that I'm saying this? Anyway, if you've listened to this, why not drop... A voice note back to uh, this number, so the WhatsApp number that you've got, about something that God has done for you. A testimony of something that God has done. Because, friends, it's got to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere with a testimony. Because when I start with a testimony, that testimony begins to feed. Well, then God is like this. And then I'm honest with him. And then I can cry it for him. But if I'm, if I'm not building this testimony of the goodness of God, and I'm forgetting these things, it's very difficult to ever cry to God at the end of this kind of chain with any sense of, of conviction. So even if it's just 30 seconds, Think of something. What has God done for you? And even if it's over the last five months, even if it's not the last couple of weeks, something where God has been so good to you for your sake and for our sake to encourage all of us to be able to share the testimonies of what God is doing. So drop us a voice note, send us a text and let us know about the good things that God has done, friends. And let's begin to take the ground and cry to the one who can help us. Can't wait to see you tomorrow morning.